Come with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7. It's a picture. It's a picture of motherhood. And that's where I want to start. Number one, with the picture. Number two, I want to talk about how motherhood is really a picture of the lifestyle that Jesus Christ has called us to. First, motherhood is a model of unselfish service to others. Now, when Paul the Apostle gets to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, he wants to communicate to the Thessalonians how much he loved them, what it meant to him to be with them, to remember what it was like to be with them. And so he wanted to get a picture, and he rummages around in all the images that he could use, and he says to himself, what could I ever use to help them understand my heart for them? And what it was for me to be next to them in this way, what, what could it be? He uses a picture of a mother nursing a child. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2.7. By the way, this morning, dissimilar to what we do every Sunday, rather than stay in one passage and ponder it together, we're going to go to various passages today and pull together several threads as we think about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and take up his life. 1 Thessalonians 2.7 says this, But we were gentle among you, here's the picture, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Hear the word of the Lord. The Apostle Paul reaches down and picks up this picture and he holds it up. And he says to the Thessalonians, Oh, I have a great heart for you. Oh, it was my joy to be with you. And here's the picture. I was among you, he uses the term gentle, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. I love the instinctive yearnings of a mother for all that is best for her own. I love the picture of tenderness, even in a picture of a nursing mother. A mother gives up everything to be a mother. And it's, she gives up her body, not only in the 40 weeks of gestation, but then she's affected by the renditions, if God gives her more than one, of gestation that she's gone through multiple times. She gives up her time. A mother doesn't own her time. At times, she gives up her career joyfully for those day-to-day moments, those hour-by-hour growing up moments in early childhood. She gives up her sleep. Uh, There's sleep B.C. and sleep A.C. There's sleep before children and after children, and those two are not the same. She gives up hobbies. She gives up leisure. The term leisure and the notion of leisure in a mother's life, they actually don't go together. Uh, She gives up her own pursuits and a whole lot of other things, but instinctively by nature, uh, the mother gives herself up for her own. 
That's the picture. Growing up milking Jersey cows on Uncle Dick's farm, I had many wonderful, wonderful days. Uh, you know, I'm at a season of life where you, you go back and love to live a few of them again. But now people are gone and that won't happen. But I remember the, my favorite morning on the farm ever was one early June morning after the spring rains when the pasture was so lush, they were, the herd was already up enjoying the pasture and uh, I didn't understand what a land flowing with milk meant until I understood that they would get so gorged that as soon as Uncle Dick would call them, they, their teeth would start letting down and, and they, it was a land flowing with milk as they would come into the milk house in the morning. But they all, they all were eager to uh, be divested of the product that God gave them to produce. And so they'd come right up to the fence and cross the road. We'd get them in a pen and start them through the milk house. Well... One morning, uh, and there was one Holstein in the herd, and it was uh, Uncle Dick took her in uh, to help a guy, and she gave a lot of pounds. It wasn't that sweet, butterfat Jersey milk, but she filled the tank with a lot of products, so we kept her along for the ride. And uh, she was big and brawny, and um, she didn't come in. And uh, all it would take was my uncle or my cousin calling, and they would immediately come wherever they were. They all came except her, and I, we looked out. And I said, Doug, what's going on? I said, there's Astro, and she's in the fence row, and she won't come in. Oh, and he was suspicious that he knew what had gone on. He said, well, let's, let's go out there and check on her. So we closed the gate and uh, went out and checked on her. Sure enough, just right then, she'd come fresh and dropped a brand-new calf on the ground. And she was licking that calf and caring for that calf and nuzzling that calf forward and trying to get that calf vital and going. But she was not going to leave the side of that calf at all. And uh, so I said, Doug, what are we going to do? We can't just leave her out here. I said, oh, this is easy. And, and it's, uh, he said, you just stay here. I'll be right back. And he went up and got his truck, brought it out in the pasture, and put the gate down. And I said, what are you going to do? He said, you watch. And he just picked up the calf, stuck the calf on the gate. He said, get in the cab. And he said, we'll get Astro in. And I'll say, wherever that calf was going was where Astro was going. Because Astro in that morning, and by nature, by God's law, how God has made us, we can see it. This is an expression of the natural law of motherhood. Instinctively, Astro was going wherever that calf was going. So we took her up into the birthing pen and put the calf down. Astro walked as the most obedient cow we had right in there to care for her and got her going. And she was flourishing before the morning was out. But I will never forget that picture. She was not going to move. She was not going to leave her post she was going to be faithful and get that calf started, and so she did. It's reminiscent of the picture of God and his tender care for us in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11. Many of you have memorized it. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather his, the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Hear the word of the Lord. That's what God is like. You've heard a phrase and you've heard people say it before. In fact, during our children's Sunday, I, I, I used it. It has, has some currency in pop culture. When we showed the, uh, among others, the three faithful ladies who had served for cumulatively 130 years of service to our children, and we put their pictures up. I said, if you look up, you know, the, the term service in the dictionary, you'll see the picture of these three ladies. Well, isn't it true that we ought to put a mother's 
picture next to the entry in the dictionary for unselfish. Isn't it an oxymoron, two words that don't fit together? Isn't it an oxymoron to hear the phrase, selfish mother? It's interesting, in this week of raging debate about abortion, the greatest tragedy of abortion is what a mother does in the life of the child. Thank God for his grace and his mercies. But a mother instinctively is working for what is best for the child. Motherhood is a model of unselfish service to others. Mothers, you're irreplaceable and your service is noticed by God. So there's the picture, a mom in the best care. Isn't that the incarnation of unselfishness? Now, Motherhood, secondly then, looks a lot like what we are all called to by followers of Jesus. If we stay too long in this vein, you're going to yawn and say, hey, I'm here. This has nothing to do with me. I'm not a mother. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm a manly man, and this has nothing to do with me. If you're a follower of Jesus, it has everything to do with what God has called all of us to. Because we are all called by God to model the life of Jesus so motherhood looks a lot like what we are called to as followers of Jesus Christ. You know that iconic passage on motherhood from the New Testament? Of course you would recognize it. You remember it as Philippians 2, 3 through 8, do you not? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Isn't that a mother? Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Hear the word of the Lord. Think of these concepts. Emptying self. Taking the form of a servant. Humbling yourself. Having a preference for others. Is that not a fourfold iconic description of what is called for in a mother is that not an iconic description of what we are all called to who know Jesus Christ as our Savior in following him and taking up his life? Now let's narrow in on three pictures. They're for all of us, not just mothers. All followers of Jesus, picture number one, are called to be selfless. This is a hen covering her chick's with her wings. You remember Jesus standing up on the bluff over Jerusalem said in Matthew 20, 23, 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, gathering under the wings, but you would not. And Jesus uses a picture of a hen, a mother hen, cradling her young under her wings. 
By the way, again, what is your view of God? How about Psalm 91.4? He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find shelter. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Behold your God. That's what he's like yearning to cradle you in the shelter of his character. This is a picture of a mother hen taking care of her chicks. The story is told about a Kansas barnyard where a farmer came out after a violent hailstorm in the midst of a pen of chickens. And what he found was a hen who, as the storm approached, had gathered in one part of the pen and put her wings over the top of those vulnerable chicks. But the hailstones were so large and ferocious that in being pelted with the hailstones, it inflicted mortal wounds upon the hen. The hen was dead, but the chicks lived as the farmer pulled the dead remains of the hen off of her brood there. That's a mom for you, is it not? But it's God's heart for us and what we are called to in each other. I greeted a sister this morning, and her granddaughter and daughter read the scripture in the 8 o'clock service, and she said, I was really torn. I didn't know which service to come to. But then she said this, but there are people I needed to watch out for and have contact with in this service. So we came to this service. If you fill a church with hen, hens like that and burden bearers who come in week after week in this community of faith, in this church family, looking out for who they can encourage and what burden they can bear and what they can celebrate in uh, a test that's come out well that was foreboding, or what they're about to go through that we could pray for. You, you have a place that won't quit. Are we that kind of a place? That's what we're called to, to be selfless, to not look out for our own needs only, but look out for the needs of others, like a hen covering her chicks with her wings. Now, the second picture is spent a poured out drink offering of sacrifice in 2nd Timothy 4 6 Paul near the end of his life the apostle says this about himself in that moment in his life 2nd Timothy 4 6 for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul is describing his life in service to Jesus Christ. And he's nearing the end of his life. And he's looking back over his life. And again, he goes back to his metaphors, his images, his pictures. What picture shall I use? Oh, he said, I'll use that picture of a drink offering sacrifice from the Levitical code in the law of God. They would bring their liquid sacrifices to the priest who would then 
pour it out in sacrifice. It was given up, one could say it was spent in the effort of this sacrifice that was pleasing to the Lord. So when Paul gets to the end of his life, he looks back and he says, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. For 25 years on Tuesday mornings, I prayed with a dentist and some other guys. And he would frequently use a phrase that at first when I started hearing him say it, I thought, that's a little odd. What, what's he talking about? But the more he used it, I embraced it myself. I love it. He would often near the end of his prayer pray something like this. Lord, help me be a poured out drink offering for you today. Help my life represent being spent. Now, if we have a big old project at home and it's moving a bajillion yards of dirt and putting up a bajillion blocks of retaining wall, when we finish the three days, we'll sit down and, and somebody will come in and say, boy, you look really spent. That's what Paul's talking about. It's being burned out in a good cause. And Paul said, what I want my life to be is for Christ a poured out drink offering. And what he was talking about is selfless service. In this case, on behalf of the church of Thessalonica, for example. But he'd spent his whole life doing that, so he looks back over his life. Can that be said of us spent? By the way, have you ever run into a mother after an all-nighter and looked in her face and said to yourself, oh, boy, she's really spent. <laughs> she's, she's, she's spent. That was, a, that was a hard night last night. Uh, you ever run into a mom that didn't get very much sleep last night. She's pouring out herself for her family. This is the way of Jesus and what we're all called to. Uh, Francis Schaeffer's daughter wrote a book called How to Be Your Own Selfish Pig. By the way, all of us could have written that book. Isn't it true? That's what we get from Adam. You know, we get out of bed. I know how to be my own selfish pig. The hard part is how to die to yourself in service to others and pour yourself out for others. That's unnatural to me. Ask Andy. <laughs> A poured out drink offering to the Lord. That's motherhood. But more than motherhood, that's what God has called all of us to. And it's the very substance that will bring us to the very life we want. It seems counterintuitive. What do you mean? Deny ourselves and get to the life we want? But I thought our culture has told us that the life we want is built around being your own selfish pig and looking out for number one and doing it all yourself. Spent. Selfless caring takes its toll, but it's worth it. It's the Jesus way. Is it characteristic of your life? Is it characteristic of mine? Eric, why would I do that? What did Jesus ever do for me? Well, Paul the Apostle, in his little shorthand, captures it all. He loved us and gave himself for us.
of the old gospel writer of the hymn uh, said, look, since Jesus died for me, he wrote this in the hymn, I will now live for him who died for me. Because what happened, you and I were made to relate to the living God and with our forefather Adam, we walked away and found rebellion more suited us. By the way, how's that working for us? But God, rather than giving up on us because we sinned against him and he is holy, he ran after us in the person of Christ. That's Christmas. And then better than that, not only did he come, Emmanuel, God with us, he went to the cross and died for us. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, which means your hell and my hell, which I justly deserve, and whether or not you recognize it or not, you need to, you deserve it as well. Be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's the standard, and we've all missed the standard. But on Good Friday, Jesus Christ took the guilt and penalty of our sin and bore it on himself. When he was raised from the dead, he delivered on what he said he could promise, and that was, he who believes in me has eternal life. So then the question is, have you believed in Jesus and received him as your Savior? Because when you do, it's life-altering. Because then you no longer live for yourself. That doesn't take you to good places. You live for him who loved you and gave himself for you. I'll live for him who died for me. And so we spend ourselves joyfully in a cause. You say, Eric, what's a mother like? Give me a picture of a mother. Just a poured out drink offering. You've earned your tiredness. You've earned your sleep. And God has noticed every moment and you are impacting others. In following Jesus, we pour our selves out in service to others is that me is that you that's a mom but are not all of us called by God to serve other people finally it's waiting Jesus astonished his followers in John chapter 13 when he waited on them John chapter 13 verses 4 and 5 they're in the upper room I thought Jesus was a big muckety-muck, you know, God in human form. Here he is, fully God, fully man, inseparably united without division or contradiction in one person, Jesus Christ our Lord, the King of kings and Lord of lords, gets in the upper room, and he gets up from the table. He grabs a towel. He puts it around his waist. He gets the bucket. And he wasn't saying, all right, now who's going to bow down and kiss my feet here? He went and got the pacing, and he sat down, and he washed their feet. That's Jesus. That's the life he's called us to. John 13. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him, verses 3, 4, and 5, all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose up from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into the basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. You know what that looks like? That looks a lot like motherhood. You know what that looks like? 
That looks a lot like the life that Jesus Christ has called you to if you're a follower of Jesus and you've begun a relationship with him and he's called me to. Irreplaceable service offered unto others, putting others' needs ahead of our own, extending ourselves. Mark 10, 45 says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And then he's called you and me to follow him. Oh, yeah, Eric, I'm a follower of Jesus. Well, if you are a follower of Jesus, you, do, you follow what Jesus did. Well, what did Jesus do? He served others. And he spent himself in the cause of serving others. You talk about a poured out drink offering. How about Good Friday? The great mom is committed to the welfare of her family. Offering an indispensable role. The best moms and the best servants of Jesus Christ are not in it for themselves. Jesus came to empty himself in service to those he came to save. Mothers are Jesus-like in that emptying. There is no emptying like the cross. My mom will be 85 in July. She's still vital and has an active life for which we're all grateful, and she keeps on going. She had my sister when she was 19 years old. She has spent the last 66 years serving those she loves. Children, grandchildren, my father, now neighbors, and she's made it such a habit of life, it's just who's ever around her that needs it. Now it's a 94-year-old neighbor who just got in hospice, so she's trying to encourage Joyce and serve her. That's my mom. I'm so grateful for her. A mother plays such an indispensable role in the life of a child. Mom, if you're here this morning and you're tired, you've earned it. And God is noticing your work even when it feels like this is not panning out. This is not working. My children are not ending up like I want them to. God has noted your heart and your selflessness in the whole matter. Husbands, are you affirming to your wife as she gives herself to this task? And by the way, motherhood is for life, and there's different seasons and different challenges with every season. The role of a mother is just another footnote on following Jesus. What are we called to be? Selfless servants. Always pinging for what we can do to serve one another. Mothering? How Jesus-like. It's what we're all called to do. How about you? How about me? You fill a church full of selfless people who ping to serve others. You have a powerful place that's very attractive to a broken world and attractive to church family members who so benefit from our care for each other. So let's excel still more and go forward with all of our might, pouring ourselves out in service to our Lord to each other. Let's pray. Father, grant that 
the Word of God and this general challenge about being a mother and about following Jesus would find lodging in our hearts, deliver us from going through the motions of some Mother's Day stunt and missing the power of the Word of God calling us to something compelling, and that is calling us away from selfish indulgence unto a servant's heart for others. Lord, I want to pray for tired mothers. I pray that you would affirm them, help them hear from you this morning. You are my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. For lethargic husbands who are assuming way too much and disengaged, Lord, run after them with conviction. Help them know how to dwell with their wife in a way that would support her best efforts in servanthood and to join in in selflessness. Lord, for the hurting this morning, comfort them. For those who catch a new vision of, you know what, that's what I want out of my life. I just want to pour my life out in my few days of energy which are waning. I want to pour my life out in service to others in the name of Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, just affirm that brother and that sister that young man and that young lady and that child who are already learning and picking up on the ways of Christ and practicing them. Help them find the joy and the fulfillment in pouring yourself out in something that's going to last forever, like the cause of Jesus Christ. Something that lasts for a lifetime and beyond, like pouring yourself into a family. Oh, Lord, encourage the discouraged. Speak to the downtrodden. Affirm the obedient. And give us the joy that fills the heart of a servant of Jesus Christ in life. I pray in Jesus' name.